All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome to the program SCGA member and host of the Bachelor franchise, Chris Harrison. Thanks for joining, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Well, that's good to hear. And, you know, with, with all the production suspended for the time being, how are you spending all the extra free time? You know, I was uh, digging through your score file earlier, so I know you've definitely been hitting the links. <laughs> uh, yeah, golf has definitely been, uh, luckily, a huge part of the pandemic for me, um, living in Ventura County just outside of uh, L.A., so uh, golf and some of those restrictions eased up a little earlier than it did in L.A., um, but we're actually back in production now. We are uh, we were the first major production to be able to get back in Hollywood and get back to uh, kind of creating a quarantined bubble and, and seeing if it can work. And uh, knock on wood, it's working, and we are back at work. But uh, before that, the golf game was uh, definitely uh, more intensive than it's ever been in my life uh, professionally because I had so much time. Right. And is the SCGA breaking news here, or is that public knowledge? Uh, it's, it's it's somewhat public knowledge. I have not actually done any press while I've been in quarantine, so this is actually the first in quarantine uh, while I've been in production interview. Um, so we'll give you all the dirt. It'd be great to actually break all this bachelor news on the uh, on the golf podcast. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be sure not to not to uh, sell this clip to TMZ unless the price is right, for right. Me personally. Exactly. Yeah. No, definitely get something out of this. All right. <laughs> so uh, you're a member over at uh, North Ranch, a lovely 27-hole facility. Um, I see that you're sporting a tidy little 5.5 handicap these days. So you've been going low. You must be dangerous right now. Yeah, well, it's funny. And again, you go back to the quarantine and, and being locked up and all of production and work being shut down. I, I think I was probably an 11 or 12, maybe even a 13 handicap when this whole thing started. And wow. I have easily cut that in half. Uh, just from every day, it was our escape of, you know, guys would you know do a little work from home and we would all go walk nine holes when it was socially acceptable and the restrictions eased. You know, we set up our course like many did, uh, quickly adapting to, you know, rules and social distancing and leaving the pins in and no rakes and all those things. But we were able to go straight from our cars, grab our bags and walk. And, uh, you know, going back to the junior muni days, it was kind of nice. Yeah, I've heard that a lot from folks just getting back to their roots, you know, walking around and just really taking, not taking anything for granted. And, you know, I know you are a self-proclaimed golf addict. So where where did that passion come from, and have you been playing your whole life? I mean, yes and no. I was a big, you know, growing up in Texas, you know, especially in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up, you know, golf, especially in, in the South, was still a country club sport or not. You know, it was it was definitely more of the elitist kind of old guard, and so I wasn't exposed to it because we just weren't a country club family. We were far from it. And so I played football and basketball and soccer and did all those other sports. But every now and then we would go to Tennyson Park in uh, in Dallas, um, an old – it's kind of a famous muni where, like, Lee Trevino and some of those old uh, guys used to go make some money and gamble and play golf. And it was just a little muni course. And so my brother and I would go out there and goof around. But I wasn't ever really that serious about it because I had so many other things going. And um, I think my, my real desire came in college and after college when I kind of quit playing soccer. I, I was playing soccer in college and afterwards for quite just a little bit. But that 
passion of wanting to continue to play sports and dive into something had to go somewhere. And you see that a lot with former baseball players, former hockey players, whatever. We still have that drive and that competitiveness, and it goes into a great sport like golf that we can play the rest of our lives. That's great. Yeah, that's great to hear. So, you know, during the the taping of the show, has anybody ever come up to you and said, hey, Chris, you know, this place is bonkers. Can you sneak me out to uh, play around? <laughs> Every, well, now it's funny. The More and more, everyone kind of knows how much I love golf and how much I play. And I do play on the road because of our travels. I've had the amazing opportunity to play golf, and I, I don't even know how many countries now. Um, but all around the world. And some are spectacular courses and some are spectacularly horrible. Um, but they're all remarkable in their own little way. And I, and you learn to embrace that and enjoy it. And I do. It's, it's You know, the game doesn't always have to be on a perfect uh, Augusta-like course or Pebble Beach. It can, you know, you can get joy out of the craziest places and just realize you're playing the game and taking a walk on a different course. Um, and so, you know, the guys, girls, they know, you know, I, I love golf. And so often they're like, hey, man, like sneak us out. Get us out. Right now we're we're shooting out here in Palm Springs, obviously golf mecca, even though it's 180 degrees. And uh, everybody wants to get out and, and play golf because there's a thousand golf courses, you know, every square mile here. Yeah, that's great to hear. And, I mean, golf in Southern California is up about 20%. Um, so if we can just, you know, if we can just get 3 to 5% of those people that have really – taken an interest in the game and i think the golf, that golf will be uh you know very will do very well in the future well i think people have done a better job uh all of us of growing the game expanding the game um whether it's first tee programs whatever whatever it is there's a lot of programs out there that have done a good job of making the game more accessible and i do see a lot of younger people even my son who's 18 years old um, you know, he, he and his boys will grab their clubs and they'll go out to the local muni and um, enjoy a day. That's a that's a thing for them. And I really love to see it. I like that they get, you know, even in this day and age of social media and being on their phones and video games and all that, they still want to go, you know, walk and play a game of golf. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And, you, you know, you touched on this in the previous answer. You stole my thunder a little bit, but you know, they're, they're flying you out to all these exotic locations for these one-on-one dates. And, you know, I think you, you prefaced it with, you are bringing your sticks out there in case that opportunity arises to jump out for a quick nine. Yeah. Well, I, I typically have a uh, two round rule. If I know I'm going to play somewhere, like for example, when we were shooting in Ireland, um, I, I knew for a fact I was going to go, you know, play in Dublin and um, play at Port Marnock and go down to Tralee and, I was going to go to several courses when we were in Ireland, of course, and so I brought my sticks. Um, but often if I'm not sure, say we're going to Vietnam or we're somewhere in Thailand or wherever, um, you know, I'll just bring balls, shoes, and, and what I call my emergency kit. I have set away in my, in my closet at home, and I just I grab this one bag that I know has everything I need. because That's kind of the expensive thing of having to buy a glove and balls and tees everywhere you go. So I bring all that, and then I just rent clubs. And Honestly, majority of the courses you go to around the world have great rental sets. Um, you know, in Asia especially, a lot of Asian courses will have menus, and you actually choose which clubs you want, whether it's, you know, the old Nikes or you want Titleist clubs or Callaways or whatever. It's pretty fascinating. You know, some of these clubs around the world, you have some great 
you know, options. And so usually I'll just rent, but um, if I know I'm playing, then I'll definitely bring my sticks. Yeah, we love to hear that. And what are, what are some of your favorite tracks that you've been on, or I guess a country or two that have really stuck out to you as far as just the purely exotic locations where you've been playing golf? I mean, it, it runs from the traditional, um, you know, well, like I said, if you're in Ireland or, you know, we've been actually a lot of around the United States and, and found some great tracks like the golf club of Iowa, when we were uh, around Des Moines and we were shooting our season there, um, you know, being in Ireland and, and meeting some of uh, Graham McDowell's Graham McDowell and his agent kind of set me up over in Ireland with some spectacular people. Um, and they were really wonderful. And my connections through some of the PGA guys have really helped out. Um, when we were just in um, Australia and I took time, I played a bunch while I was in Australia and, you know, it's the people I've met in these countries and the people I meet at these clubs that you end up befriending them and, then they'll come to the States and I try to hook them up. And those relationships have been some of my strongest relationships. But as I said, it's not all, you know, glitz and glamor. When we were in the Maldives uh, shooting Becca's season, we were on this very tiny Island and I played on this Island. When I mean this Island, it's, you could run from one end to the other. It was about a mile long. And at times it was a couple hundred yards wide, but there was a nine hole golf course. The only golf course in the Maldives, I believe it was called Villy Nilly Golf Course, and very rough, but it was a nine-hole golf course, and so you would take a couple of clubs, and you could play golf in the Maldives, and it was just, you were surrounded by water the entire time, and so I played it every day. It was spectacular. One of the greatest courses I've ever played, and it was by no means in good shape. I think the greens, the greens were running about a six on a stint meter <laughs> but it was it was still you know flip-flops and a cold beer and uh, walking around the Maldives playing golf so sometimes you are in these majestic spectacular places and then sometimes you're in a place like the Maldives where you're just you know it's a different spiritual uh, experience yeah that's, I mean that sounds amazing that's my type of golf right there you've been a uh, a steady presence at the AT&T Pro, uh, Pro-Am uh, for the past handful of years. What's that experience been like playing alongside the world's best? And what would you say is, you know, the most noticeable difference between amateurs and pros once you've seen it up close? Well, no offense to my kids being born, um, but it's one of the greatest experiences of my life every single year I go back. It's it's unlike anything you can really experience in golf. I, I played back in the day in the uh, old Bob Hope out here in Palm Springs, back when ABC had sports. And that was, that was cool, but it, it was different. The AT&T is also something I think it, just in my head growing up in Texas, I never traveled much. We just didn't have the money. And so seeing Pebble Beach on TV every year, it was this Shangri-La. It was this mystical, magical place where the stars hung out and it was on the ocean. And I just, I never dreamed I would see a place like that, much less get to play it and be a part of. And um, so to actually step on those grounds and tee it up inside the ropes during a PGA event like that is, um, it's mind blowing. And the first year I did it, I did it with Jason Day, which is, you know, to do it and then to do it on steroids with one of the greatest golfers in the world. Yeah. And one of the nicest human beings and a guy who's become a very dear friend of mine. 
um, it's, you really can't put it into words. And we ended up finishing in the top 10. Jason finished tied for second that year. So we were playing in the, the second to last group on Sunday. And that part makes no sense to you. You know, being a normal human being and playing in the second to last group on Sunday in a PGA event is just dumb. There's no reason I should be there at all. It just, you, <laughs> I kept waiting for one of the marshals to tap me on the shoulder and say, sir, you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, oh, no, I know. I, I'll, I'll leave. Believe me. Um, and so it's, it's really an out-of-body experience, but it's also really cool. I, I'm a big fan of being nervous. I'm a big fan of being scared and pushing myself to the point, not like thrill seeker, like I don't need to jump off a bridge or out of an airplane, but I like putting myself in, in extraordinary situations where I, I want to see if I can rise to the occasion and actually perform. And you'll never be more nervous than trying to get off the first tee or coming up 18 at the AT&T Pebble Beach. It just, it puts your body in a, in a situation that you are not equipped for at all. I, I, I can only imagine. And do they keep the galleries at the same distance away on the tee boxes as the pros, or do they have to move it up, move them out <laughs> a little bit for you, for you AMs? I always wonder that. Well, the good news, they, they move our tee boxes up. So obviously the boys are playing the tips. And so it is that shoot of, an, of a good, you know, sometimes it's 75 yards extra of a crowd being within 10 feet of you. We move up and that definitely helps disperse the crowd. They are a little cognizant of, the crowd but i'm telling you if you snap one or you you know take one off the hosel you could easily put one in the crowd and you and you yeah. think about that but i also feel like okay how many times do you really ever do that just you know trust it trust it you constantly remind yourself to just make your swing man just do your thing um and realize also that nobody's there to see chris harrison hit a golf ball they're not they're there to see jason day they're there to see all these other incredible golfers and you asked a great question of what's the main difference and, you know, there's a laundry list of things. Obviously, they hit it further. Obviously, they're just better ball strikers. Um, but probably the thing I took away from being around Jason so much is his attitude. He has the best attitude of any golfer I've ever been around. He's not slamming clubs. He's not pissed off if he makes a bad shot. He always relished a, a really bad lie or a bad bounce he got excited about it. And I, I always thought, man, what a great perspective. He just always looked at me and said, I got this. I got that. I got that shot. And he got excited about the weirdest lies and the toughest little flop shots he had to make. And um, obviously hours and hours of dedicated practice. And that's the difference. If you really want to nail it down to one thing, people don't understand that, you know, we go hit balls for 10 minutes and go play. And then we're mad that we're not striking the ball. Well, these guys spend hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hours just grinding on their game. And we don't do that yet. We expect to be like them. Yeah. It's a little unrealistic, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I was talking, I have a great story with Jason is um, I was out here in the desert and his wife, Ellie uh, saw that, I guess on social media that I was out here, this is a while ago. And I was out playing the, one of the courses out here and, she texted me and she said, oh, Jason's out there uh, training. Call him and, and take him to dinner. I know he's by himself. And Jason was out here in a trailer because he, he likes to travel in this van and was just out here for a week getting ready for the season. This is, I think, a year and a half ago before they were heading, making the West Coast swing. And this guy was out here by himself, away from his family, spending all day, every day, just grinding on his game. And I called him. I said, hey, I'll take you out to dinner tonight. And he said, well, 
I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I get up this time in the morning and I work out. Then I go hit balls for this many hours. Then I go lift weights and eat lunch. Then I come back and I play 18 and I try, and then I putt for however many hours. He was doing this every day, all day to get ready to go play every day, all day. And again, we go out to 30 minutes and hit balls and expect a result. You know, that's insanity for us. These guys practice that hard. Yeah, that, that, that's what it takes. So, you know, back to your roots here at North Ranch for a couple more questions before I let you go. Um, you know, you're now the, the co-chair of the Southwestern Invitational, a top-level collegiate event that's played at your course every January. Um, you know, this year was special, especially for us. It was um, our reigning SCJ amateur champion, Sahista Gala, putted out on vic- for victory on number 18, wearing a Kobe jersey just a few days after mm-hmm. his passing. Uh, I know you remember that probably pretty vividly. What's that experience been like immersing yourself in the role? Because it's such a well-respected event. Yeah, thanks. It's it's something we're really proud of. And I say we, um, one of my very dear friends, Charlie Johnson, his dad, C-Dub, um, started the event 42 years ago. And it, it's something that has been around and C-Dub, his dad passed away and Charlie started taking the tournament over and, and we wanted to keep it going. Um, and I just noticed that he was, he had his hands full and it was a lot. And so I decided to dive in thinking that, you know, I could, you know, lend my name, my efforts. And, and I love being with these kids. I played, we have a, a, uh, not a pro-am, I guess you call it a college am. Uh, and so the college kids play with uh, the members for, for one day. And that's actually when the Kobe crash happened. It was during that round at like, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning or so when it happened, just miles away from North Ranch. Um, Agora Hills where the helicopter crash happened um, was just, you know, as the crow flies, maybe a mile and a half, two miles away from our, our course. And it was an extremely foggy morning. And we actually had a delay because of that. And we thought how weird it was that the, the fog was hanging around that long. Um, but yep. it's it's an event that I was really proud of. Our club is proud of it. It's one of the premier college events, and we draw, you know, the best teams on the West Coast. But then we pull in a few, you know, from around the country, and it's only grown. And I've been a part of it uh, as a chairman and and running the the event with Charlie, my very good friend, for the last three years. And it's only, you know, just blown up. And this year we we have a huge step we're taking, and you'll find out about that very soon. And I'll come back on and talk about it. Um, but we have a huge announcement coming up very soon that's going to take this uh, tournament to the next level. And uh, Coach Michael Beard and, and Pepperdine is our host, as you mentioned. And it had been a while since the host team won, but Pepperdine was so stacked coming into last uh, last year's tournament. And Sahatha was his uh, you know senior year, arguably the best player. He you know ended up winning uh, the award for best player of the year, but at the time, arguably the best player in the world. And he just dominated. And it was a class move just a few days after Kobe died in that accident, just miles away. And he, he pulled the jersey out. He was going to – actually, he was going to pull the jersey out and, and on the uh, eighth hole and wear the number eight jersey. But it was a really tough par three. The tournament was still in question, and he just didn't want to take his mind off of that moment. And he still wanted to perform that shot. So he thought – you know, and he's not a big me guy. He's not a big – hey, you know, make a splash. So he really thought hard, should I do this? I don't want to show anybody up. But everybody thought it was a class move as he put it out with the Kobe jersey on. And, and Pepperdine won the tournament. He won the individual title. Uh, and it was, a, it was a huge celebration. And, uh, you know, I feel bad for those seniors and especially Seth who, who 
are grinding right now to try and get exemptions on a very shortened PGA tour. And, you know, there's no Q school, there's no way to get on the corn Ferry tour. So these guys have it, you know, the, the cards are stacked against them, but uh, he's a good guy and he's a great golfer and he'll find a way. Yeah, he's a great guy. We had him on this podcast oh, probably a couple months ago and he spoke with great emotion about that that moment, you know, with the Kobe jersey and just winning that Southwestern Invitational. So it definitely meant a lot to him. I'm sure you're happy to hear that. Well, it's been a great experience for me. I love these kids. I've gotten to know these kids. And again, after being a part of it for, you know, I played in it for, you know, four years, but now I've been on the board and helped run this thing for three years. And so, you know, that's a college career for a kid. So I met all these kids when they were freshmen and sophomores. And so, you know, I've walked them through their career. So when I'm on the tee and I do the announcement, uh, the tee announcements and invitations, you know, the final day to try and make it as professional as possible for these guys. And, um, you know, when I'm announcing these guys as seniors, and I know this is their last Southwestern, uh, it's, it's emotional for me. I've watched these kids grow up. You know, we mentor them. They come out to the club because North Ranch is the home club for Pepperdine. So these kids train on our course. They're at the range. You know, I take as many of them out as I can and play golf with them and try and talk life and business and where are they going with their careers and how can I help. And, um, you know, you get to know their families. Their moms and dads come out and watch them, and I've gotten to know the moms and dads. And so it's personal. It's family. And um, it, that's the best part of that tournament is just being with these kids and watching these young men grow up and watching what the game of golf does for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of kids, you've been kind enough to donate your time in participating in uh, SCGA junior play days at North Ranch as well. Uh, what's that experience been like knowing that you're making a difference by providing a mentorship to a lot of these young kids? Oh man, that's such a great event. As, as much as I love the Southwestern and the college kids, um, having those days where we bring the kids out to North Ranch, many have never been to a country club like that. And never right. experienced that kind of, of thing. And they are so respectful and they're so mindful of where they are and so grateful. And um, it's fun to, you know, take, take your, your kids uh, into a, into the pro shop and, you know, get them a golf glove for the first time and, um, you know, walk on the tee and then, and then spend the day just walking and talking with them. And they, what always blows me away is, is not what I ask of them. It's the questions they ask of me. Um, very thoughtful of who are you, where did you, you know, how did you get to where you are? Um, do you have any advice of what I can do and, and, you know, getting better grades or getting through school or getting to college? And um, I love that they use that time to enjoy a, a great day on the golf course, but also to really pick the brain of, of the guys they're playing with. And, um, you know, it's always one of those cases. Anytime I volunteer for anything, you leave going, well, I, I probably did some good today, but I got a lot more out of this than they did. <laughs> Selfishly, I put my head down at night and go, man, I really learned a lot today from these kids. Yeah, I've played in a few of them myself. I'm certainly not a uh, famous broadcaster like yourself, and I don't have as much life advice to give, but it, it certainly is uh, rewarding nonetheless just to be out there with those kids. They're very grateful of the opportunity. So uh, we appreciate all the time that you put into that and, Obviously, they do as well. So we look forward to, uh, you know, coming out again this or probably not this year, but in, in the future at some yeah. point. And uh, well, the, the SCGA does a great job of promoting the game and, and reaching out to the clubs and, and finding us as members and taking advantage of, of those connections and all these members and like, OK, what can we give back? What can we do? 
because you want to leave this game and this world better than the way you found it. And, uh, you know, it, it would be such a selfish myopic view to not feel like that. And, and it's such a, uh, it's such a small thing to do. We do the cop, uh, the copy cup up at Pebble beach every year. Um, and again, just raising funds for the first tee and for STGA golf. And, um, and, you know, you can have a great time, play golf, be with your buddies, and do a lot of good. And it's like, man, how, how can we not do this? It's not like we're really, it's not like we're out digging ditches, guys. Like, you know, we can do some amazing things. Um, and then when you expose the game and you see the looks on these kids and you realize they're going to stick with this game for life, this will be impactful to them. It's really cool. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's cool that you donate your time. So, again, we really appreciate it. And I think we'll uh, we'll end there with a nice positive note and you know that's it for this session of quarantine chronicles so thanks for your time chris all the best to you and stay safe and keep going low yeah I, i'm gonna keep grinding out there but thanks for the time really appreciate it and thanks for uh, all the SCGA does yeah you got it we'll talk to you soon take care